What's happening? I'm Tony Wiggins. We're going to talk some wide receivers today here on the Locked On Jaguars podcast on a Wednesday. Stand by. You are Locked On Jags, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, good folks? Tony Wiggins here on Locked On Jaguars on a Wednesday and thanking you for making us your first listen. Had to get my bearings there and swallow some of this Coke I was drinking. Uh, But thank you for making us your first listen and joining us on the Locked On Jaguars podcast, which is a daily podcast because it's your team every day. And we're absolutely free on all platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe. And follow us on the YouTube page as well. We're going to talk wide receivers today. It's one of everyone's favorite subjects. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of uh, try to get you guys to look at things outside of your own eyes and try to look through the lens of the current staff, uh, the personnel staff, as well as the coaching staff. And then we will start determining who we like, who we like in free agency. And then in segment three, take a look at who we like in the draft but first and foremost a lot of people are talking about the franchise or trans transition tag uh that it would take to maintain dj chart or jacksonville jaguars look there's one advantage that you have if you're doug peterson and uh the rest of the jags brass and that is is you keep him from hitting the market or if he does hit the market he hits the market with limitations and uh gives you a little bit of a sense of security as to whether or not you want to keep him or not. So the issue is for me is that I think when fans and even some media look at guys like DJ Chark, they they're looking through their own lens and they're looking from their perspective and they're not taking in consideration that nobody on this staff have any connection to DJ Chark. So the question becomes, are you taking advantage of the ability to lock a guy in and keep him off the market? Or at least when he gets to the market, he gets to that market with limitations uh, and not as much freedom. And, and it gives you a choice of whether or not you want to match an offer. And that's what the franchise tag does. Or I'm sorry, the franchise tag gets you uh, gets you compensation. The transition tag gives you the chance to match any offer. And the transition tag is usually dangerous for dangerous for teams that are cash strapped and don't have salary cap space. Because what will happen in that situation is, let's just say if it's a guy out there on the transition tag that the Jaguars really like, the Jaguars could offer him a deal that maybe on a per year scale that team can match. The Jaguars, with all of their cap space, could really, really hamstring that franchise by structuring the contract that would make it virtually uh, impossible or at least uh not financially sound for that team to match it like front load and give him a whole bunch of money in the first year like 30 million dollars you 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 can take it and make you can make his cap hit for this year 27 million dollars and you're only guaranteeing them 27 million over three years but there that's a wild way of looking at it but that's what some teams have a tendency to do the Jags won't be uh, victims of that. And the reason why is because the Jags have more cap space than anyone. So there won't be teams that are able to do that against the Jaguars. Okay. Two, I don't know if 
Chark is highly enough regarded for teams to consider doing that. Uh, the other thing is, is that if you're Jacksonville, you have to look at it this way. You have to look at it from the perspective of, look, we're new blood here. We're new guys here. We're sort of starting over here. And make a real evaluation of what you know about Chark. Sure. You know, you can say well, he's one of ours or he's ours and treat him like, like that property. Or you can just say, look, let's look at it like this. He's a free agent. Let's look at all the free agents and ask ourselves, do we want to pay him 16 to $18 million for one season? To me, if you're a fan who saw DJ Chalk have a good year, who saw that he unfortunately got hurt in a situation where, uh, you know, that was unavoidable. If you've seen the improvement, if you've been around him and you know what type of dude he is, and if you just, and this is a very, very important thing I'm telling you, if you just have this hangover and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of guys leaving our organization and then living their best life somewhere else because our team was bad and management decided to move on for whatever. I know there are a lot of people that were liking this to the Allen Robinson situation where Allen Robinson was injured in 2017. The Jaguars did give him an offer, but he decided to go somewhere else for probably a little bit more money and a different situation to get away from the quarterback who the Jaguars had throwing the ball. This ain't that. I don't, I don't think Chark has ever been as good as Robinson was for at least one year or a year and a half. So Allen Robinson was a more proven player, in my opinion, than DJ Chark. And I don't really track him to be as good as Allen Robinson was. So that hangover, the Jalen hangover, the Leonard Fournette hangover, just this, even even last year to a small degree when we looked up in new york and and saw keelan cole catching balls you know it's like oh god every time somebody leaves here they do better so that's the part of it that i think fans have that i don't believe this staff has and i'm glad they don't have it because that's the thing about when i kept talking about balky and everybody else when i said just wring your hands of all of it and get rid of it i'm talking about that baggage that comes along with making decisions based on that too uh, whatever happened here happened here they have to totally start over so no i don't think they'll have that bond if you will uh with dj chart because they don't have it it doesn't mean that they don't know anything about him coaches coach around the league coaches do a lot of evaluation uh i bet a lot of the scouts probably watched him in college had a book on him some of them may have played against him i haven't checked the history but DJ Chalk probably caught a touchdown or two against some of these coaches that are on these teams. And they may have a thought of who he is, but they can't have a, an illusion and they can't be delusional about who he is. And in my opinion, he's not a $16 per year wide receiver. If you give him that and you make him that guy, when you sign him and you say, it's a one-year prove-it deal, prove it, $16 million ain't prove-it money. $16 million is we like you, but you gotta, you gotta demonstrate it and we'll give you another one next year. Right? So for me, when you think about it, if you give him that kind of money, okay, then that means he is at the very least your number two, right? He's at the very least your number two. Marvin Jones isn't going anywhere. 
Jamal Agnew isn't going anywhere. So that's three. Uh, Agnew's probably, you know, more of your slot guy. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, I heard some rumblings. But as of right now, he's a third-year player. And maybe they want to take a look at him too. So let's four. You have under contract, legitimately have under contract. Everybody says you ought to keep Laquan Treadwell because of how he closed the season last year. If you decide to do that before he hits free agency or you risk that one of those teams that he actually did have a good game against, like the Colts or somebody like that, towards the end of the year says, you know what, while Jacksonville's sitting there trying to figure out what they're going to do, here's a three-year, $6 million deal with three $3 million guaranteed. Come on, let's you know, just ride this out as our fifth guy for us. So you may lose him. So the Jaguars might give him something low. That's five. Okay, so free agency starts. You want to chase Mike Williams? You need a number one still? That's six. So you're going to go in a draft and maybe with one of your four picks in the top three rounds, get another guy? That's seven. At some point, it becomes a numbers game. And at some point, this isn't Monopoly money or fantasy football uh, or fantasy draft or any of that stuff. At some point, you got to make a decision and 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 realize that you're going to ride with something. No, this is a good year for wide receivers in the draft. You know what? We're going to let some of these projects go, and we're going to have three guys under contract, and we're going to go out and get one and two uh, in free agency in the draft, or get one and two in the free in free agency, and then draft another guy and make him battle it out for the three. That's how you're going to improve and how you're going to get better. I'm going to talk about some of the guys that's available in free agency that'll help you guys determine. Uh, whether or not you think they should uh, do everything that they can to keep DJ Chark, keep LaVisca off the trade block, and to uh, possibly resign Laquan Treadwell. I'm going to talk about that and more in just a second here in segment two on Locked on Jaguars. Football might be over, but this season, basketball is still in full steam, both pro and college, with all of their drama. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the olympic coverage and information head to the website today and use or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online is where the game starts and right here with me on locked on jaguars is where you start every day and i appreciate you making us your first listen actually i might have been your second listen today because uh today's wednesday there, so that means that me and james rapine did a locked on nfl show and you can uh make sure you tune in to locked on nfl also and click on that your boy did a nice show with james talking about league-wide stuff but back to the jaguars speaking of wide talking about wide receivers the wide receiver position here is one that ever since i can remember man back to jimmy and keenan right back to jimmy and keenan it's always been one of those things that kind of went up and down up and down up and down where you think you got it and you, then you think you don't and then they draft guys and they sign guys and if uh, a wrong decision could be made at wide receiver the jaguars were the ones that did it and if bad luck in terms of health was something that was going to happen well, the jaguars were probably going to do that too so it's been a tough go at it man a very very tough go at it for jacksonville to try 
to find the wide receiver position. So that's why we're going so hard and heavy on it now, especially now that they actually have a franchise quarterback. This is a good a time as any for this team to get this part right. And they have a lot of coaches, especially on that side of the ball, that have an offensive mindset and they understand what's going to happen. So before we get into these free agencies, let me just give you my assessment of Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson is the guy, is this guy. If you give him player X, right, who's a wide receiver or a running back or a tight end because a skill position player to help the quarterback, if you give him player X, I think there are certain coaches in the league that will make player X go up. I think there are certain coaches in the league that player X is going to be who he's going to be regardless of who he plays for. And then I think there are players in the coaches in the league that have player X actually go down and play down to their competition. We had a guy here last year that made players go down. The guy before him, Doug Marone, I think he was the sort of guy that guys were just going to be who they were. He wasn't going to elevate them. I happen to believe that Doug Peterson, because of his philosophy, and because when I take a look back at their careers, has guys that play up when they play from him. I said skill position, quarterback. Nick Foles played up for his short time and won a Super Bowl in a game now you know i probably wouldn't keep harping on that if he had not beat the patriots because there are a lot of teams that were not able to beat the patriots that had great quarterbacks and were not able to go up and down the field on bill belichick he was so doug peterson has to be given credit for that we're gonna give nick Foles credit for it because we saw firsthand what nick Foles was here and what he's been in chicago right under matt nagy who is pretty much running the same system that doug peterson runs because they both come from the same coaching tree right so we can't say it was the system no it was him we can't say it was frank wright just frank wright because when frank wright was the offensive coordinator in philly carson wentz played better yeah well carson wentz went and played for frank wright in indy this year and stinks and they don't want him back and they gave up a whole bunch of stuff and now they have to eat crow and money so i'm just going to use my own judgment and what do they call it uh deductibility or whatever that is that my boy big james always says deductive reasoning and say that the common denominator between a lot of that success with that quarterback position in philly and doug peterson is doug peterson it, it just seems like the common denominator between the success that they had and the success those guys have not had when they go somewhere else. So I think he's one in, in that group, along with Andy Reid, probably along with McVeigh and Shanahan. I think he's one of those up guys. I really do believe that. And with that being said, that bodes well for Trevor, but it also bodes well for this. When they make their evaluations of the wide receiver position, even when they make their evaluations with the receivers that are currently on the roster, they're going to have a pretty good idea of what they can and can't do, what they can and can't do, even under the best scenarios and the best teaching. And they also are going to know what they need done. And one thing in evaluation that you can't do, in my opinion, of, of just watching it from the outside is try to make a guy do something that he really, really can't do because Belichick is great at it. Belichick always just puts guys in a position to do exactly what it is that they can't do. And he doesn't ask guys to do the things that they can't. Therefore, I think that's when, when you think you got a number two receiver and he's really number three or number four, then it ain't his fault that he can't perform. I think Doug Peterson knows exactly what he wants. I think he knows what he needs. And more importantly, I think he can identify whether he has it already. That's why I think they're going to go into free agency 
and look for some of the things that he's had in the past. What has he had in the past? He's had a big, tall, wide receiver who, even though he might not be fast, can get open and win at the point of attack, like Alshon Jeffrey. Mike Williams is sort of like Alshon Jeffrey. Don't know if he's going to be available, if they're going to tag him or not, but Mike Williams, if he hits the market, he's had a couple of injury nicks like Alshon Jeffrey used to have. But I think he's a guy that you're going to be able to get the best out of. Um, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow too, but I also think they're going to get a, a running back with more size. And I know you guys do not want to hear that after Fournette. But with James Robinson, even though he runs with power, he's coming off of an injury that happened late in the season. You have Clifford ATN, Cliff, Trevor ATN. What you're probably going to see him do is go back and get him a Pig Howard or a uh, LeGarrette Blunt. So we'll talk about that tomorrow too. But I think you're going to see a situation where you see three guys get their hands on the ball from the offensive backfield. And I think they're going to use the backs an awful lot. So um, I think they'll probably, if it's up to me, let me just put my hat on. I'm not going to tell you what I what I think they're going to do. Here's what I would do. I would go in saying we got a solid number three in Marvin Jones. We got a solid, professional, good for the room, uh, not as good as Keenan McCardell. He's not that. But when you look at, say, a team like Cincinnati, their third receiver was Boyd. Marvin Jones could definitely play that role. But you still don't have a T. Higgins and you don't have a chase, and it's going to be hard to find a chase because they don't, they're very rare. But you can get some people that could rival them. Do you make a move with the Cowboys and offer a third-round pick for Amari Cooper? If you do that, now you got a 1A, but you still need another guy on the outside. In that, in that case and scenario, I'd still use that $16 million that everybody's talking about in that tag. I'd use that 16 per to go out and get Mike Williams. Now, if I'm going to offer somebody a four-year, $64 million contract, that's who it's going to be because my number one guy in free agency before he got hurt, well, well, well he's my number two. My number one at the point where he got hurt was Robert Gallup, uh, Michael Gallup. My number one was Cortland Sutton out in Denver. So Sutton is sort of the guy. Again, we go back to Alshon Jeffrey. We go back to Mike Williams. I want a guy 6'3 that can win, man, that can go up, high point the ball. Um, while they're not all pros, they're very good players. And I'm thinking that guys that if you put with Trevor Lawrence and you put with uh, Doug Peterson, that they could actually be that one and one. And matter of fact, you can get two. If you if you come out of here making a trade to Dallas, I wouldn't trade the second round pick because Dallas is in a pickle in the salary salary cap. I trade a third round pick, maybe a third and something late. You give me Amari Cooper, and then you sign you sign up and get uh, Mike Williams. Now you got two guys, both make a lot of money. Cooper makes money, but he's already been given his bonus money, so that's not your problem. Now you get Mike Williams. Now you have two guys that are one and one A, and they're different guys. Cooper's a, Cooper's a route guy. He's a route tree dude. In and out of his cut, you can throw it to him quick. Mike Williams, he can run the route tree. He's a deep crosser. He's a slant. He's a nine route guy. He's also a fade pattern dude who can jump ball stuff. So now you look real good at wide receiver. And think about the weapons you're giving Trevor Lawrence when you do that. Think about the weapons you're giving Trevor Lawrence when you do that. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to talk a little draft, and I'm going to tell you, let's just assume that they can trade for Amari Cooper. They can sign Mike Williams. They have Marvin Jones. I'm going to get greedy in the draft, and I'm going to get somebody else. I'll tell you who that's going to be, man, and who, just for the sake of this day, 
I'll tell you who else it'll be in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars. After I tell you about Built Bar, man, Built Bar is the real deal any time of the year, but especially at this time of the year. Because I know you're bored because football isn't on. And sometimes you get bored. You know what you do? You eat. And when you eat, you need to be eating something that's right for you with the macros that taste good, but they won't hurt you as bad. And that's right. Built Bar doesn't hurt you at all, man, because they are packed with protein and they have low carbs, high fiber, and low calories and you got to try the puffs if you haven't you're missing out on one of built bars best tasting bars the puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they're covered with 100 real chocolate not no fake stuff real chocolate just like all of the built bars are now my personal favorite is the salted caramel but you can go to built.com and scroll down and find your own get you a box an assorted box try them all man until you figure out exactly which one is your favorite and you know what you don't even have to stick to one have you a couple of backups because they're good all day for an all-day snack pre or post workout so make sure you check out built bar at built.com and check them out on twitter also on Twitter, it's at bar underscore built for all the latest information. Rolling along here, third and final segment. We've been talking about wide receivers. We've been talking about uh, to retain or not to retain DJ Chark. For the sake of this discussion, I did not retain DJ Chark. DJ Chark. I went out and I signed uh, Mike Williams and I traded for Amari Cooper. Let's just say I give up a third and a six for Amari Cooper. So I got Amari Cooper. I got uh, Mike Williams. I have legitimate NFL weapons. I re-signed Laquan Treadwell to be a a guy who competes on the back end for a little bit next to nothing. So we did keep him off the market. We have uh, Marvin Jones as our third veteran receiver right now. Jamal Agnew is our little Swiss Army knife. We can play a little bit at running back. We can play a little bit at slot. But maybe we want to keep him more outside of of the scrimmage plays too much and let him play kick return and punt return because he did get banged up last year, but he does also have some value that leaves LaVisca Chenault. I would trade LaVisca Chenault under this scenario to a team that wants a wide receiver. Of course, you'll probably get back a fifth uh, at this point. Uh, But I know that I know for a fact, there are some teams that would be very, very interested in uh, LaVisca Chenault. I actually talked to his agent at the senior bowl, Uh, There has not been any tampering or anything like that. But um, I do believe that there are four or five teams that when LaVisca came out, really, really liked them a lot. The Jags are obviously one of them, but uh, I'm sure there are three or four teams that are remaining uh, that will probably, uh, if they found out LaVisca was on the market, they'd probably make an offer for him. So I move on from him. So I go into the season with those five guys, those four guys, or go into draft season with those four or five guys. Let me tell you, what I would do in the draft. What I would do in the draft is if we're going, let's just assume that we're going either pass rush or offensive line in both the draft and free agency. So for the sake of this, let's just say the Jags showed their hand. The Jags showed their hand. And when they showed their hand, what they did was they took they made a move and got Chandler Jones. Somehow they got Chandler Jones in free agency. And if it wasn't Chandler Jones, it was Harold, Harold Landry. 
So by making that move, that kind of tells everyone the Jags aren't taking a pass rusher, right? The Jags could still sort of work a deal out with Detroit where they get something, some form of compensation by moving back just one pick. If Detroit says, no, we're going to sit right where we are because you don't need a pass rusher and we're at number two. Well, then Detroit runs the risk of saying Houston or one of the other teams, the Jets, the Giants, uh, one of those other teams that are hovering around uh, those top seven or eight picks saying, we'll come up and we'll take the pass rusher that we may think that Detroit wants. In any event, what you hope to do if you're the Jaguars in this scenario and situation is end up with the best offensive lineman on your board. Now, we've been talking all week about whether it's Evan Neal or Econ Wu or, you know, or whoever, Charles Cross or whoever. So let's just say for this sake, it's it's Evan Neal because this is my show and that's who I wanted to take. But if they don't, they took the they took uh, the kid from NC State. Whether they move down or not, they're going to put themselves in a position to now they can go best player available. Because if you have two pass rushers, if you sign two wide receivers and now if you're sitting there and you already got your one offensive line, your lineman and Evan Neal, when it comes to the back end of that first round, and early in the second round where you have a 33rd pick, if there's a guy that you really love and you can move up to get him, you do it. You absolutely do it. Everyone thinks that Jahan Dotson, because of his size at 5'11 and 185, is a slot receiver. He played 90% outside. He's not a slot receiver. That's why when I was talking to John Shipley, I said he's T.Y. Hilton, who is primarily an outside receiver, and who was a burner, especially when he was young. He's him, but I'm going to throw, uh, say, T.Y. Hilton and, and Randall Cobb had a baby. And the reason why I put Randall Cobb in is because Randall Cobb is a guy in traffic that really, really went and snatched the ball out of air. And Jahan Dotson is that kind of guy. He was a high jumper, long jumper, and all of that in high school. So he's a little guy that doesn't think he's little, all right? I don't know if you draft him to play in the slot because it's not what he is going to primarily do. If you have Cooper and if you have Mike Williams, you could still get him and he could play in the slot, but I don't know if you'd be doing him, you'd be doing him or yourself um, any, any real favors in doing that. But I know somebody who would gladly do it. And I know somebody that if you get him to play the slot, I'm going to name two or three of them right now. If Chris Olave starts to fall, that is the guy that the Jaguars need to get. If they get Cooper and if they get Mike Williams, I would take Chris Olave, who's a route running fool, who just probably needs to add a little bit of weight. Now, he's 6'1", he's sort of built like Marvin Harrison, sort of built like C.D. Lamb. That, that's kind of who and what he is. I'd take him in a heartbeat. David Bell, I'm not quite sold on David Bell. All right, Traylon Burks, I love his size and his athleticism. I just kind of worry about where he's going to end up being. Right now, he looks like A.J. Brown. Where is he going to be three or four years in his career? Is he going to be on Sean Jeffrey, right? As a sleeper, I like George Pickens, but he's an outside receiver. But still, you can't have too many of those guys. You can't have enough of them. Uh, I think he's another guy that can high point the ball. He reminds me a lot of T. Higgins, who's playing now in Cincinnati. But there are a couple of guys that I absolutely love as pure slot receivers. 
And these are the guys that if you're Jacksonville, if you go in another direction, say defensive tackle, let's just say they take the Wyatt kid from Georgia early in the second round. And they say, we can address the slot later because we have enough guys who can catch the ball. I would absolutely fall out of my chair if they took that kid from Kentucky, the uh, the slot receiver from Kentucky, and his name is escaping me right now because I have this list up that actually doesn't have him listed. But he's one player, and then there's a kid at Memphis who can really, really, really play. And uh, Christian Watson is a big kid from uh, North Dakota State who absolutely tore apart the senior bowl. Let me tell you, when I tell you he tore apart the senior bowl, here you go, I'm going to this other list. He was so good at the senior bowl, man. He's big and he's physical, but he's a lot like the guys that we're talking about. Now, the dude I'm talking about from Kentucky is Wandale Robinson. Let me let me absolutely tell y'all something, man. If you haven't seen Wandale Robinson play, Rondale Robinson is pure slot receiver, especially when you talk about mixing him in with the guys that I have now. So there's a couple of guys I want you to pay attention to. One of them is a little small for me, and that's Calvin Austin that's from Michigan, but uh, uh, Jim Nagy swears, swears by him, you know, he swears by him uh, at the senior bowl, and he was very, very hard to guard. I'll tell you who I do like, though. I like Sky Moore, who's also only 5'9", but he's sort of built like a little running back. Sky Moore played at Western Michigan. He's a football player, man. He catches the ball. He's real hard to tackle. I think he'd be another guy in the slot that you might want to look out for if uh, you're Jacksonville. But for me, I don't list Jahan Dotson as a slot, but I will take Chris Olave in the slot all, all day long. And – Wandale Robinson probably right there in that third round if he can fall. And then maybe if you go back a little bit far, further, Calvin Austin or Sky Moore. So those are some options that you guys might be able to have. If you want to hear more about those players, listen to the Locked On Draft, Locked On NFL Draft podcast hosted by my man Ryan Tracy and my man Big Croc, man. Croc played in the NFL. So Eric uh, will break it down for you and give you all the information that you absolutely need about all of these players. Those are just some ideas. I'd love to hear your ideas. I know you guys are going to hit me up on social media and let me know how you feel, if you approve. But just some scenarios and some names that I want to throw out as we continue to get closer towards free agency and the draft until there's more news about the Jaguars. Uh, you know, we're all talking about good news right now because we're off to a fresh start. So Hopefully you guys enjoy, enjoyed today's podcast, and I'll be right back here tomorrow making us your first listen. Thanks for joining us. Y'all take care of each other, and we'll see you next time.